0: Well, good morning, Harvest Point. Good morning. I am Pastor Orlando Evans, the Associate Pastor at Impact United Methodist Church, and it's an honor and privilege to stand before you today. Certainly, I send well wishes to Pastor Jonathan Anderson and his beautiful family as they anticipate the arrival of their new family member. I invite you to journey with me to the book of Genesis. If we look at chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, we will find the following. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I invite you to journey with me as the spirit of the Lord unfolds the following message. Who's making your name great? Who's making your name great? Let us pray. God, as we continue in worship this morning, we thank you for the sweetness of your spirit that has already filled this place. God, continue to lead and guide us, not only today, not only during this season, but in the year to come. Continue to whisper to our hearts truths that you will deposit, that will remind us as we're going through different situations and scenarios, that you are with us and that we are never alone. We celebrate your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, it seems like yesterday that we were celebrating a new beginning only because we were. Webster defines the word new in a few ways. One of the ways is something that has recently come into existence. And when we think about recently coming into existence, oftentimes we think of the birth of a new child, especially as our beloved pastor and his family is awaiting such a gift. Webster also defines the word new to be associated with something that is unfamiliar. When I think of unfamiliar, many of us take time in the summertime to go on vacations and explore. One of the things that we may explore is a new country in Europe and be able to take in the culture, be able to take in the sights, the food, the taste, and the sound, and enjoy the idea of new in a fun and creative way. Webster's also defines the word new as something other than the old. Many of us are periodically blessed with an opportunity to start a new job. And I think about maybe high school or college graduates who may experience that for the first time. They may get excited to not only have a new job, but a new salary, perhaps some new benefits to let them enjoy new things in life. The word new, and the situations we encounter, it's like music to the ears, to those who are fatigued with the old. New also brings a symphony of possibilities that reset the boundaries of our expectations. Many of us on December 31st, 2019, could be found perhaps worshiping in a watch night service giving God the glory not only for the things that we enjoyed of 2019, but also praising God in advance for the things that we expected to enjoy in 2020. Some of us may have been found lifting a glass in a holiday toast, thanking God for new breath as we entered into a new year with family and friends in a festive environment. And then there are some of us who may have decided to stay home and spend the night with Ryan Seacrest or Steve Harvey as they count it down from 11.59 p.m. to the new midnight, which would introduce the new year. You see, we anxiously anticipated the new. And on January 1st, we not only received a new day, but a new month. Not only a new month, but a new year, not only a new year, but a new decade. And in the midst of this temporal transition, many of us desired to become new, a new me and a new you. In today's text, we find Abram who had experienced just what we're talking about. He was being introduced to a season of new. And the season of new would begin when he responded to a word spoken by God. God told Abram to go. Go is a command. It's an instruction that prompts us to take action. Go is expected to produce a desired result. And that result is movement. Go tells us that one must not remain in the position or condition that they're in but they're invited to transition to something new. Has God ever prompted you to move beyond the familiar? Has God ever tapped you on the shoulder and invited you to step into the unknown? Has God ever given you a direction to something or somewhere that was not foreseeable? And when God extended such an invitation, Did you willingly accept it, or did you decline it? Would you move into the unknown as invited by God, or would you ignore it like a telemarketer who may have called during your favorite TV show? What will you do when God invites you into the new? Abram received such an invitation, and Abram realized that he had an option. He could choose to either embrace God's invitation or he could simply ignore it. To ignore it would reject God's will. It would discard God's purpose for his life. But to embrace it would have resulted in him submitting and surrendering to God. And in doing so, it would have shown a response that was rooted in faith. Abram decided to trust God and to respond in faith. Abram also recognized in doing so that his ability to reach the destination that he was headed to would not be rooted in his family name. It would not be connected to his place of origin. It would not be launched by his educational background, whether he was an MBA from a top school, whether he was a doctor or a surgeon, whether he was a premier lawyer in this town, it would not be birthed by his talents and skills, whether he was a gifted singer, whether he was an architect that can design things that would be constructed to bring new life into communities. It would not be ushered in by his intellect, whether he was a college professor, whether he was a scholar who wrote books, it would not be connected To such. It wouldn't be based on his resume even if he spent 25 years in corporate America and had the opportunity to work on Wall Street. That would not be the thing that would lead to success. Neither would his social network, neither with his personal ambitions, but Abram's ability to reach the place of purpose that God had destined to him would be solely rooted in faith. It would be connected to his willingness to submit and surrender to God. So again, I question, where is God leading you? As God draws you away from your comfort zone, how will you respond? Abram chose to respond in faith. And in doing so, Abram positioned himself in a manner that allowed God to make his name great. I invite you to allow God to make your name great. But if we're honest, in today's society, there's a lot of talk about names being made great. And when such conversations arise, it's often rooted in human ability to introduce and facilitate change. There's an emphasis on the works of human hands or what we have the ability to do for ourselves. And in doing so, it often understates the work of God's spirit. But I wanna tell you, that attitude that's prominent today in many of our communities, that's not new. That's something that began a long time ago. That attitude it's very similar to the attitude that we saw at Babel. In Genesis chapter 12, we just talked about Abram who embraced God's directive to go. God responded with promoting and elevating and blessing Abram. And Abram's action not only showed faith and obedient, but Abram's actions contrasted behaviors that we had seen in just the chapter before, Genesis chapter 11 showed us residents who occupied a space that would eventually be known as Babel. They were confident, and their confidence was rooted in their own power, their own might, and in their own resources. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 11. If we see verse 4, it would say this. Then they said, come. Let us build a city and a tower with its top that reaches heaven. And let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we should be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. Let us make a name for ourselves. Residents, in saying this, deeply desire to promote themselves themselves. They sought to occupy the heavens, which is a place that is reserved for the powerful, the supreme, and the almighty. They desired to lift themselves up so that they would be respected and revered and looked at positively in the eyes of so many others. Their season of new and this attitude was one that was self centered instead of being. God-centered. You see, the self-centered are preoccupied with their own needs. They focus on what's best for them. They strive to establish their name, but in an egotistical manner. They They arrogantly rely on their personal ability to get things done. And they give no consideration to including God in their plans or their execution. As the residents of this community constructed a tower towards heaven, their motivation was not to do so to be closer to God. Their ambition was to enlarge themselves. Now I'll pause for a moment just to clarify. I wanna tell each and every one of you that ambition is not a sin. There's nothing wrong with wanting to experience self-improvement or growth. There's nothing negative about striving for excellence as you seek to become a better you. It's all right to be a person of influence, to be a person of prosperity, to be a person of power. And I believe God is blessing many of us so that we can experience such a state. However, as we experience that type of new, as we continue to grow in power and influence, the question that we have to consider, are we being guided by God's spirit or are we solely relying on our own strength? God observed the residents of Babel. God noticed their focus, their determination and their unity had produced something that was powerful, but their oneness wasn't rooted in God. It was rooted in self-promotion and excluded God. Rather than allowing such a connection to continue, God scattered the residents and this community would soon be known as Babel. And while the residents would disperse to many corners of the land, to many regions of the earth, the Babylonian mentality would remain. And throughout biblical history, the Babylonian mentality would be a threat to the way and work of the kingdom of God. These residents of Babel had trusted in their own strength. They would not realize or actually see coming to pass their name being made great, but Abram, who was submitted to God, would. In fact, Abram would not only be blessed, but Abram would be in a position that he would become a blessing to others. You see, when God blessed Abram, he went from living in a small region to having ownership of a large territory. He went from being childless, with the inability to conceive, to parenting many, many nations. He went from taking a step of faith when God said, go, to becoming the father of faith that continues to influence many. In fact, the lineage of Abram would include our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who would become flesh and into the world for our benefit and our salvation. When God invites us into a season of new, God not only wants to bless us, God wants us to be a blessing. God blesses us with education, for example, not only so that we can learn, but so that we can teach others. God blesses us with financial increase, not just so that we can save more and invest more and pay down debt, but so that we could have seed to share with others. God blesses us with businesses and creative ideas, not just so we can generate revenue for ourselves, but so that we can be employers who bless so many others. And the reason God does this it's because God never intends for blessings to only enrich us. God designed us to be a blessing to so many others. As we prepare to close, I just want to point out that beyond the years of Abram, who later become, became to be known as Abraham, God continued to bless And God continued to extend an invitation for us to walk with him. Even as we look at the New Testament, Jesus came across people who would later become his disciples. And he issued an invitation that said, follow me. Whether God is saying go, whether Jesus is saying follow me, there is an invitation that the Lord is making for us to continue to walk, to continue to commune, to continue to go deeper with God. Oftentimes we may want to know, God, where are you leading us? What are the GPS instructions? What are the coordinates to this blessing that you're leading me to? Is there a website that I could preview? Is there a YouTube page that I can see evidence of others who have been there? Is there a book that I can read to help me feel comfortable with where you're taking me? But the Spirit of God wants us to know that in this year and in years to come, God will lead us by God's Spirit and God will enlarge our territory and God will make us people of faith who will continue to be blessings to people that we never dreamed of. But first, it requires our commitment to submit to the will of God. It requires our ability to allow God to direct us in a way that will be fruitful. It requires us letting Jesus Christ be the Lord of our life and receiving the invitation to following me and being obedient when God says go. As we bow our heads, I invite you to pray. God, I ask that you would continue to bless these residents and these members of Harvest Point. Such a beautiful community, God. And even as I reflect on the name Harvest Point, and even as I drove in this morning, Lord, I noticed that there were many fields. And it reminded me, Lord, of the fields that you have placed us in in life. God, allow us to be the seeds in those fields, whether it's our family whether it's our friends, whether it's our place of employment, continue to let us be the thing in the ground that you activate to bring forth life, to bring forth light, to bring forth fruitfulness, and to bring forth change. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to these people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.